Good morning, lovely people. It is Wednesday, February 15th. The Lopes look to finally win two games in one week for the first time during the conference slate. The coming week is a great opportunity to do so, as GCU will host both of this week's games, first on Wednesday against UTRGV, and again on Friday in the dead of night against the Scratchem Cats of Abilene Christian. We are nearing the home stretch, with only three weeks remaining in the regular season. We are looking forward to another slate of Lopes home games and hope you are too. A new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the block server. Three. Good. Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back out. Harrison quickly to the block and drives baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barrel, you bounced out of your seat on that. I oh, Hey, uh, on Friday, we had practice with with our team. It was the last day of uh, it was the last day of tryouts, if you will. Which I think is funny that we I don't know call them that for our sport because we just have varsity, so we don't really make cuts. We were practicing at this park. Normally, we have like a a place that we uh, we practice at. It's like a one of those I don't know, like a tennis complex that we play. It's actually the place where the state tournament is held. Paseo, Paseo, yeah, we play Paseo usually. They had a they had a tournament over the weekend, so they had like a Friday Saturday tournament. So we couldn't get courts on Friday, so we had to practice at a at a park by the school instead. And we practiced this park a number of times. But prior to that, my middle school coach, I was just talking to her about it because middle school season doesn't start until until this week. So today was their first practice. But one of the things we talked about was like she was telling me like yeah, like I took my middle school team to practice at a park, and like the park rangers freaked out, and I got a two hundred and fifty dollar fine for loitering. <laughs> What and I, and I was like loitering, and she's like, "Yeah, apparently we're not allowed to like play on those courts like with the team." And I was like, "Really?" And she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I've taken like my team to different parks for like ye- like literally years, and like no one has ever cared." Yeah, like no one's ever cared, and so but she was like, "Yeah, man, like I don't know, like they're cracking down, so be careful." And I was like, I was "Like okay." So I uh, on Friday I had to take my team there, and this was in the back of my mind of like, oh, I like I'm gonna if I get like the park rangers are gonna come make me pay like a two hundred and fifty dollar loitering fee. So I'm there with my high school team. There's like there's a lot. There's like twenty kids, twenty five kids, and we're like doing what we do, practicing. And I see, I, I can see the parking lot from the courts in the park. I see the park ranger like pull up and stop his car there, and I was thinking like, no, dude. And I'm with one of my assistant coaches, and I started telling her like the story of like like what happened with our middle school coach and i was like this is where like i'm about to have to pay a 250 dollars fine or we're gonna get like asked to leave or i'm gonna get arrested in front of a bunch of high schoolers <laughs> and so this guy like gets out and starts walking over and i'm like trying not to look at him and just like keep doing what i'm doing i was like dude no and so he finally gets to the court and he's like excuse me and i was like oh, okay so i had my assistant coach like take over the drill we were doing and i walked over and i was like hey How's it going? And he was just like, he was like the most chill man ever. He was just like, what's going on? And I was just like, nothing. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> I was like, just hanging out. Just like, chilling. Oh. He's like, cool, cool. Just loitering. 
yeah, it's just loitering. <laughs> he's like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, ah, oh, playing tennis. And I just, I like, <laughs> I just kept it that. And this guy looked at me, and I looked at him, and he was like, right on, right on. He's like, you guys like, you guys like a school. <laughs> like, like, dude, it was just like the most chill conversation I've ever had, and like. On the inside, I was like freaking out. I was like, I'm gonna lose my mind. But I was just like, Yeah, man, <laughs> we're school. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, what school? And I was like, Glendale Prep. And he was like, uh, cool. And he's like, Hey, if people want to use the courts, you have to get off. And I was like, Okay. And he was like, No one wants to use these courts though. And I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then we both just kind of like giggled and he's like, all right, have a good day, man. And he left. And I just looked at my assistant coach and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like the greatest interaction I've ever had. And I thought it was going to be the end of days. So uh, shout out to that park ranger at Fletcher Heights Park. Uh, last Friday, you're the goat. I love you. Thank you, you for just, not giving me a loitering fine. You just got him fired. Uh, <laughs> or I that mean... or that loitering <laughs> fine is coming out of his paycheck. Or, it's gonna, or my athletic director is going to send me a really nasty email about why the school is getting billed a loitering fine. <laughs> uh, That's so funny. You guys is school. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I was going to ask him. I was like, yeah, man, you want to join us? I want to play some tennis with us? Hop in, bro. We're doing drills. You've got an extra racket here. Taking ground strokes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yo, Zach, you want to hop into some question? Well, a questionable scenario? Yeah. Go for it. All right, let me pull that up. Yeah. This one's pretty short. You can pick any Division One program to coach at. Which one are you picking? Oh, man. I can pick... Wait, is this for ba- Assuming it's yeah, basketball. Yeah, basketball. Okay. Here's the thing. I think if I pick GCU, like, genuinely, it'd be really hard because I do feel like I look up to these guys as, like, gods, you know? And that, like... <laughs> and that, no, 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 seriously, like, and that, like, if it was just like some random school, I could conceptualize like these are just college kids and like I know ball and like whatever. But like, I think it would be hard with like, all right, Gabe McLaughlin, here's what you do, right? Like, I I don't know that I could like do that just because I I watch these guys play and I, I think that they're awesome and I like, I don't know, and like I, I think just because of like I'm such a fan of the Lopes, I think it would be really hard coach them <laughs> i don't think i yeah. would do a good job yep yep um but like obviously the lopes like that's the answer but like if it was not the lopes i don't know it, i would want to go somewhere that has a really good head coach just so i could watch and be like man honestly honestly it would probably be houston just because kelvin sampson is is incredible and i think he like he draws out something from his players of like just a certain level of like heart and willpower that that I think is like really like it's something that's hard to demand because it's so abstract. And I think all of his teams have that and the common denominator is him. And so I'd love to see like just how he does it. That, that's my answer. GCU and if not GCU, then Houston. Gotcha. For me, I have two answers as well. I'm not picking GCU because personally, I don't think I'd be good enough to contribute to GCU in the way that I would oh, want no. to. <laughs> so, okay. I just, I don't want to fail at GCU. You'd be a grad but, assistant, like feeding, just like feeding people off a screen. <laughs> that's true. I could do be that. a rebounder and shoot around. <laughs> I don't know. So, so here's my answer. And I, I, 
this this is funny because I I saw the same question during college football season about football coaching, and my answer is going to be the same as it was for football. Mm. I said I'd be the coach at Montana State, dude. You would <laughs> I would of that program. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I would run that program into the ground. Yeah, you would Ted Lasso the program. Dude, That's don't disrespect Ted Lasso like no, that, bro. That was like the plot. They like intentionally like. That's like the plot of season no, one. No, they don't wait, intentionally wait. ruin the program. Wait, is that not what you're saying? You would do at Montana State? No, what? No, no, no. Ted Lasso did not intentionally ruined no, but he was brought in to intentionally like sabotage the team yes he was brought that was into but he didn't yeah, yeah yeah so you'd be ted lasso they'd bring you in and you'd no be like, no 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 here's like, the thing the team and then no, no, like, no, 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 no. Them. it would be the exact opposite of ted lasso actually okay it would be the exact opposite they'd bring me oh, in because they think you know what this this canig guy he's he's gonna bring us to the promised land and i'm gonna go in there high expectations and i'm just gonna drive the program into the ground the same thing i said for the football program i'm gonna say for the basketball program i'm going to ruin that program so hard it's going to destroy every single bobcat fans will to continue following their sports programs that's my desire and i told that to my brother one time and he was like that's pretty twisted bro I was like, what can I say? Hate the Bobcats. That's my that's my if I was the head coach answer. Now, if I was the assistant coach and wanted to actually learn a thing or two about coaching, my answer would probably be Xavier. And here's the oh, reason why. Okay. First of all, I think Sean Miller's a mastermind. Yeah. Awesome defensively, even though Xavier isn't performing up to his standards defensively this year, but he's also in his time away from bat or I guess not away from basketball, but away from being a head coach last year, he, I think put in a lot of study and research into offensive stuff. And you're seeing that pay off through this year's Xavier program. And also I just want to learn from him. And I think it's really cool that he's at a school where basketball is the main program not like, well, at Arizona, basketball is the main program, but they also have a football team, you know, and there's a lot of money going into football. Whereas with Xavier, that money's going into basketball. So yeah, that's what I would do. A lot of money going into football for them to still be terrible. Hey, didn't they beat ASU this year? Yeah. Is that an accomplishment? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. They're state they champs, they though. Did. They, state, state <laughs> champs, yeah. But yep. <clears throat> Hey, Zach. Yeah. Do you know what, what time it is? Ooh, I bet I do. Do you want to guess? Is it trivia time? It's trivia time! Cool. Okay. So I was looking through. I was looking through the WAC schools. As as as, as WAC Vegas and the NCAA tournament approaches us, I was looking through, and I, I was kind of reminiscing about GCU's tournament appearance in 2021 and the loss to Iowa and Luke Garza styling on us. And then I thought about New Mexico state and their game last year and how close they were to the sweet 16. And I was just thinking like previous to that, I'm trying to think of like what other whack teams have like done stuff. And I, I realized like a lot of the whack teams had actually 
just come off of doing stuff in other conferences. Like Stephen F. Austin had several appearances before joining the WAC. Abilene Christian had a pretty rem- notable like upset over Texas in the tournament before before joining. Southern Utah was was always a perennial in the Big Sky, and I, I don't think they ever made it as far as I know to the tournament. They did not, but but they were always a top team. Um, but I, so I thought, like, how many of these whack teams like had never been in the tournament? Do you know the answer to that? That's my trivia question. How many current whack teams have never made the NCAA tournament? Okay, so I got to take out the teams that have moved up from division one recently like yeah you're, you're including yeah them. yeah you're yeah, yeah. so right? i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i know that those teams haven't and those new division one like move ups from division two are utah tech cal baptist tarleton state and man i think southern utah did sometime around 2010 or something like that so that's that's four I don't okay. think Utah Valley has made it, so that's five. At least in my recollection, I don't think Seattle has made it, so six. I don't know about Sam Houston State. I'll come back to that one. I know Stephen F. Austin has. Grand Canyon has. Abilene Christian has. I can't imagine that UT Arlington has. And I know that UT Rio Grande Valley hasn't. So let's see. I'll count them off, the ones that I don't think have been in. Okay. Utah Valley, Southern Utah, Seattle, Tarleton State, Cal Baptist, UT Arlington, Utah Tech, and UTRGV. So I have eight. Okay. You're pretty close. It's five. <laughs> That's not a close. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Wait, so which um, ones did I say that have been? The, the three. Oh, okay. So obviously the three that are new, Tarleton, Cal Baptist, Utah Tech. Um, have not. Our other have nots are UTRGV and Utah Valley. So okay. for Seattle U, they haven't made it in a really long time. But I, like back in the Elgin Baylor years, I think they were like kind of a powerhouse. So like, I want to say they made it a bunch in the '60s, like with Elgin Baylor and whatnot. But like, but yeah, like recently, I, I don't know, like. I couldn't tell you when the last time they made it was, but I know in the sixties they were kind of nice with it. Did they, so they still got play? Did they did they play in a shoebox gym back then too? Dude, they played a they played a game at Climate Pledge Arena, which is the Kraken Stadium. Oh, like they played a home game there, like like this this season. Do they not play at Key Arena ever anymore? I don't. Uh, I don't know. What is that? That's where the Sonics used to play. Oh, I'm not sure. But yeah, I want to say they had a game at. at yeah, you're right. You're right. They did. Cool. But so that's Seattle. Um, They have, in fact, made it. Who are the other ones you said didn't make it? Southern Utah. Yeah. T Arlington. Southern Utah was was a surprising one. They made it once. Back in 01. In. Yeah. Yeah. In what thought, used wait, to be. I thought that they went up from Division two. Who did they play in 01? They played Boston College, who was a three seed. Back, oh, no back way. In, in what used to be the Summit League. It wasn't called the Summit League at the time. I don't have the name, but whatever the whatever the league that turned into the Summit League, that's who that's who they played. But yeah, that's them. And then Arlington. Arlington also went uh in 08. Uh geez, dude. I was pretty confident in that one. Yeah. That was a tough one. 
All right. So that moves me to, I believe, five and five overall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's yours. Our Wednesday opponent, UTRGV, has never appeared in the NCAA Division I tournament. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) However, they have won a national championship. What year did they win their natty? And as a member of what association? Can I ask a qualifying question? Absolutely. This is a basketball natty? Yes, a basketball natty. A men's basketball natty. They just honored that team by wearing the throwback jerseys like last week, I think. Oh my gosh. That's back when they were like Pan American College, the Bronx. I'm immediately inclined to say like very, very early 1900s or like even like 1890s. Whoa. I'm going to say, like, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to say, like, dude, I have no idea. Like 1915. You know what? I'm going to give you another chance. Was it way more recent? Your father was alive. I'll tell you oh, that much. What? <laughs> oh, so this is like, all right. So it's like not a division one tournament then. Like the no. national championships in like D2 or something. Yes. Yes. That's why I asked as a member of oh, what association. Oh, dude. I, I couldn't. I have not even the slightest clue. UTRGV won the 1963 NAIA National Championship as Pan American College. Yes, they beat Grambling State, a now Division I opponent, as we know, in the semifinal. And Western Carolina, also now a Division I team in the championship in 1963. So, and like I said, I do think they just honored that team by wearing the throwback jerseys, I believe, last week. So, it's cool. GCU has won an NAIA championship, right? I don't know. I don't know anything that happened at GCU before Dan Marley as evidenced by my early trivia answers about any question GCU. They did win the 1975 NAIA National Championship against Midwestern State. In the semifinal, they played Alcorn State. In 1978, they won it again. They beat Nebraska Kearney in the championship game and beat Texas A&M Commerce in the semifinal. They won it again in 1988, beating Auburn Montgomery in overtime in the championship game. All right, so that concludes our trivia time. You move to six and four and i moved to five and five cool that was not that was not our best effort when when it came not a a good showing for (laughs) either of us man you ready to preview these teams yeah all right so utrgv we're hosting them on wednesday their overall record is 12 and 14 their notable non-conference win and when i say notable put air quotes around that is against ken palm 202 Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That's their best non-conference win. A team they also lost to by 18. Exactly. They won it. They won at home, lost on the road. Their conference record is three and ten. Their conference wins come versus Abilene Christian versus Cal Baptist. And at Tarleton, which surprised us at the time and still surprises us since Tarleton is the king of winning at home. Yeah. They are two and nine on the road, score 77.2 points per game on 46.6% from the field, 
34.4 from three. They get 37.4 rebounds per game, 28.9% of which are offensive boards. Their best Ken Palm component. This is our favorite one. They're second in the nation in free throw attempt Dude, yeah. to field goal attempt ratio. <laughs> Whatever. Meaning they get to the charity stripe a lot. And then their worst Ken Palm component. They are 358th in the nation in offensive turnover percentage. They'd be turning the ball over, I suppose. That's really all I have on them. What does Ken Palm have the line set as? GCU by 12. I feel like 12 is a lot. 12 is a lot. So you got the Lopes by less than 12? Mm, Yeah, I think that in the WAC, I am very hesitant to take any double-digit spreads. Just because of, like the way this league is. But on paper, this does appear to be a game that GCU should dominate. And I do think that GCU will win. UTRGV has not shown me any reason to believe that they will win. And I do think that GCU, for the most part, does a good job on their home court. I can see us having another Utah Tech-type game where we win by four. I can also see us having a UT Arlington game where it's close for a while and then we win by 30. So... I don't know. I can definitely see us covering 12. It's not the craziest thing, but I wouldn't like jump on that as free money. Um, so we'll if, if you were a betting man, which I you am. wouldn't take it, which you are. Genuinely, I haven't thought about it. I'll po- I'm will i going to post it tomorrow when I post all my Wednesday picks. If I can finish out the season above 500, that'd be pretty miraculous because I was doing really well and now I'm doing not so well, but I'm still <laughs> above 500. Hey, all those uh, New Mexico State games should come pretty easy though. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I I think I will bet GCU to cover 12, but I feel like I feel like it's going to be a dirty cover. Like I feel like it's going to be one of those things where like we're down by 4 at the half, right? Or like we're up by 5 with 5 minutes to go and then win by 19. It's like the wheels fall off the bus, right? Sure. I it's going to be something like that. I don't like I don't think we're just going to blow the doors off this off this team because we haven't done that all year even to bad teams. Even I'm, in those games against like bad teams, we keep them in it. So yeah, and I'm old enough to remember us losing to UTRGV at home. So yeah, yeah, it's not completely out of the park, dude. That game still scars you. That was that was the no. It actually doesn't. That was the day that I knew that Dan Marley was not the guy. Like I had been skeptical of him and a little critical, but that was a game where I thought like GCU, a much better team, playing at home with the home court advantages just got owned solely because Dan Marley got absolutely out coached by Lou Hill coach circles around him. Dude, Lou Hill was such a good coach, man. It was just a couple of days ago. It was, I think the like two year anniversary of his death. Was he sad, did, mo- he he did was more great. for Lopes nation than we could ever, we could yeah. ever ask. Him no, Lou Hill was awesome. Dan Marley. Yeah. He did expose Dan Marley in that game. And we were at that game just in shock and pain. But yeah, no, that was that was really bad. I I don't see that happening here though, um, with this team. I mean, I guess it could, right? It wouldn't be the craziest thing we've seen this year with given the whack, but but I do think the Lopes will pull it out. Um, Watch know, UTRGV like, win this game and then fire their coach. Yeah, like uh, like uh, like UT Arlington did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, that was that's still weird to me. I don't. I still just don't get that. I think if GCU loses this game, we need to just stop stop doing the podcast for the rest of the season no come on because don't say something like that because then we will like then we'll lose <laughs> the players will listen to it and be like all right bet <laughs> <laughs> bet we hate your podcast <laughs> yeah man 
You ready to move on to Abilene Christian? Yeah. Well, that was quick and painless. So Yeah, man. All right, Abilene Christian, their overall record is 13 and 12. Their most notable non-conference win is at 241 Northern Arizona. Their conference no record comments. is 5 and 7. Their conference wins come versus Tarleton versus UT Arlington versus Utah Tech at Seattle U jealous and at Cal Baptist also jealous they're four and six on the road they score 76 points per game on 46.4 percent shooting from the field 36.1 from three they get 32.2 rebounds per game 25.4 percent of which are offensive boards there's their best component in Ken Palm is their 13th in the nation enforcing non-steal turnovers. Their worst component, they are 351st in the nation in opponents' effective field goal percentage. Does that bode well for the Lopes? Let's hope so. Yeah. What's Ken Palm got the line set at? We're favored by six. We we did win by two in Abilene a couple weeks ago. And I can't I, believe it was that close. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I think GC is a good amount better than this team. I think that will handle business at home. This one I, I do feel pretty confident in us covering six. But yeah, I I, I will say, right, we've said it all year and, and unfortunately it just continues to be the case that GCU is just split merchants. Yep. We've split seriously every series of the entire season. Mm-hmm. This is the best opportunity yeah, we can't for us split to do this. it. We are split merchants, and we are 12 and 6-point favorites, respectively, in these two games. And we need to win both. We we need to win both games. Yeah. it's it, yeah. it is. This is not, like, there have been a lot of trips where it's like, I get it, the wax hard, a split's okay. A split is not okay here. We need to win yeah, both. especially at home. Yep. You got you to gotta control home court. You got to win both games. Pretty simple. I think yeah. I that I think that's all I really have. Yeah, I I mean like we we played Abilene, we know what they have. Um, I'm not super concerned about either game. It's just like I think GCU's better. Can they come out and and handle business? They need to not come out slow. Yeah. All right, let's move on to around the whack. I'll start out with the Kimball. Yeah, go for it. On Saturday, February 18th, the Wolverines will have a chance to defend their Kimball title at Seattle U. Will they retain the Kimball, Zach? Yeah. They're only one point favorites there. Yeah, that's crazy. They're going to cover. Are they going to like kick their butts or are they just going to cover? I mean, they only need to cover one. Well, yeah, no, but what that's so what like, I'm asking. Are they yeah, just no, going to cover I or are they going to smack I don't think them? It'll be a blow. I think it'll be single digits. Okay. But like it's still like a it's like a, it's a road conference game, you know. Yeah. But like I I still think Utah Valley will win. Okay. Well, I agree with you. I'm just curious cuz yeah. I mean, GCU should have won that game. Yeah, but we suck. Yeah, we threw that game. We chilled. Yeah, we're yeah. nine to five minutes left. All right, so continue on with around the whack, Zach. Before I get into anything, we got to talk about New Mexico State. So New Mexico State will not uh, was was scheduled to have games this week against Abilene Christian and against UTRGV. Both of those, as well as the rest of their games, are down as forfeits. New Mexico State is going to be canceling their season for the remainder of the season. The coaches, Greg Heyer and staff, have been put on paid administrative leave 
And we're already starting to see a mass exodus from the players as far as transfers for some serious issues that are occurring that are completely unrelated to the earlier kind of issue or scandal with the program regarding the incident in Albuquerque when they went to play New Mexico. Have have you looked at some of this stuff? Like, have you seen like what's the actual details of like what is happening? Yeah, I read the news report on the police report. Yeah. 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 That was pretty that was pretty damning. Yeah. Not a great look for, for the Aggies. I think like realistically, and this is the this is the thing, Greg Heyer does not have what it takes to coach at the D1 level. And I don't mean that from a basketball perspective. I mean, he is not someone who can control, like, can run a program at a D1 level. Not a great manager of people. Yep. And I think we're, we're seeing that. This is his first D1 job, right? Isn't that the... Yeah, he came from a JUCO. Thing? Yeah, and, and he came from a JUCO, and, and he just, like, running a D1 program is a lot. Not that we would know, right? But I, I'm sure it's like a... There's a lot more you have to deal with. It's a much higher step, and it just doesn't seem like he's been able to do it. And I think this whole year we've kind of said like New Mexico state's underperforming, New Mexico state's underperforming what's going on. Why do they keep losing? And the the reason is it seems is all of this stuff going on behind the scenes. So I just want to elaborate a little bit or maybe kind of question. What do you think the difference is between the managing of people when it comes to being a Juco coach and a division one coach? Like how do those differ in that aspect of managing people and and holding people accountable i obviously i have never been anywhere near either a juco program or a division one program so i i I don't have any insight into that but i'm just curious like yeah you're still managing college students you're still holding them accountable and leading them not only as basketball players but as men how is that different from juco to division one other than maybe the fact that you have thousands more fans and people following you and have more publicity no i think that's exactly what it is i think it's simply just the stakes are a lot higher the quality of player is better and because of that perhaps like egos and whatnot are higher and there's also the thing that because they're playing at a higher level the level of competition is more stiff which means that this nonsense going on can occur at a juco level perhaps and not affect the actual on-court product as much as as we're seeing here. But this, I mean, like, this is just unacceptable. Sorry. Just hang on. I had to close my door. I had to go shut the door for this. I had to shut the door. Yeah, I had to shut the door for this. This was going on all the time at program. The, like, really, really severe hazing to the point of sexual assault. And it was, like, a total nightmare. And, like, some of these kids who, like, some of these kids who, like, are now our age, right, are like mm-hmm. super messed up and like in therapy because of it. And like, it was like super bad and toxic. And that guy's actually still the coach. And to anyone who knows much about that's no surprise to like at all. But here's the deal. That team's incredible. Yeah. That team's like, that's a team that's won multiple state championships. Well, this was going on. Right. And that's the thing is like, that cannot happen at the D one level at the varsity level. And even at the Juco level. And sure. I, I think that's like, that's the difference really. Well, it's because you have these kids that are adults and, you know, they they have a little bit more of a handle on their life. Not that the people like in a JUCO don't have a handle on their life, but they have 
a lot more publicity at a division one level than they do at JUCO. And they have a lot more responsibility out of division one than they do at a JUCO level. And so when you see adults, let's not pretend that these are kids. They are adults and they are making really poor decisions. And from what we read in, in the local news report that kind of reported on the police report, it sounds like a lot of the team, if not all of the team, was aware that it was going on and nobody held the people who were responsible accountable for what they did. Yeah. Nobody stepped in. Right. Which is just messed up. Yeah. You're just going to look That falls on the coach. That falls on the coach. It falls on the coach, but also there are 15 to 20 other adults in that room. Yeah. Like that's the whole dam- that's staff, damning really. for the entire program. It's really bad. And it's it's to the point where it's so bad. And because this hire was such a such a gamble with a new coach, it's almost it's almost a really bad like it is a really bad reflection on the whole athletic department. Yeah. Right. Uh the athletic director made this decision to hire a, a JUCO guy. And well, from what I'm hearing from Aggies fans on Twitter is that he was a recommendation from Chris Jans himself. Huh. And so, and I'm not trying to say that Chris Jans is bad because he recommended higher. Right. I'm I'm curious as to how much of this kind of stuff was either going on or just kind of building up in the Chris Jans era, or if this just started when yeah. Greg Hire came into the program. Because not, I mean, like you know, Chris Jans was you know, successful because he had guys like Jabari Rice and he had guys like Teddy Allen um, last year who who were absolute monsters on the court, you know, and they were leaders on the team. But that doesn't mean that after they transferred or got or, or graduated and left the program, that doesn't mean that the kids who stayed behind, it's not like they didn't exist before this year. I'm I'm really interested and I don't and I don't do this because I want heads to roll. I'm really curious about when those names come out, if they do come out to see who has been in that program and for how long. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I don't know how you recover from this either from like a, from a basketball standpoint, it's really damning, like you said, but also just from a cultural standpoint. So like, I don't know what you do to fix this program. Maybe it's almost a good thing that they're going to a new conference. It's like just a f- complete fresh slate. But like, gosh, just They'll a get really, alive over there. really bad thing. Yeah. I don't I don't see them finding any success in the conference USA anytime soon. Right. What, we ha- what, you, there. what you have to take into consideration is this taints the program. Kids aren't gonna want to go there. You're gonna have you're probably gonna have your athletic director either step down, resign in disgrace or get fired because as long as he is there that taints that program the coaches are all going to get fired. Yeah. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. I'd be really really surprised if anyone on this coaching staff sticks around. And then it's a question of how many kids are going to stick around. It sounds like a lot of kids are already hitting the transfer portals. Kids like they've literally they've lost three I've kids seen, already. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen three posts already of, of kids entering the transfer portal already. So it's well, tough. Then you, so then I think, you have to question yeah. how many yeah. of those kids can actually land somewhere else and how many of them are gonna stay because they know that they can't land somewhere else. That's true. 
That's true. And I guess that's the risk, right? Is like even the even for the players, there's this like you've been involved in this thing and now you just want to transfer out. Like if I'm a coach at another school, I'm taking a good hard look at this and making sure like this this they sat there and watched this happen. Yeah, right. Um, or like best case scenario, right? Like, or we're in some way we're involved in this happening, you know? Yeah. So like yeah, it's really bad. I, I think we're gonna have to see like a long rebuild for this program. They're gonna be, they're just gonna be bad because they're gonna lose, they're gonna lose their players, they're gonna lose their coaching staff, and they're not gonna be able to recruit for a while. And because of that, they're gonna just be bad for a little while. Which, like, whatever. I don't know what the solution is, but I, I think in order to move on, they are gonna have to clean house, like you said. So. Oh yeah, no question about it. Yeah, and and I I don't know. I feel kind of bad for the athletic director, because all he did was hire the guy. But the question is, should he have been fired after the shooting incident? Well, right. So that's that's the other thing too. Is there the writing was on the wall with like it the there were a lot of really sketchy details regarding how the coaching staff dealt with the Mike Peak shooting. Exactly. And it seems like not to say that it got brushed under the rug, but it seems like the response from the athletic departments was really underwhelming in that they perhaps did not react as thoroughly or react at all as they ought to have, given the severity of what had happened, right? Things just kind of went on business as usual, and then they just canceled the other New Mexico game and whatever. And to think that, like, this stuff had actually been going on concurrently with that, you would think at least that that happening would make the athletics department, like, take a closer look at the team and then uncover this stuff. And maybe that is what happened. Like maybe if it wasn't for the shooting, we never would have found out about this. Right. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's a really bad look and it's made a lot worse by the kind of lukewarm reaction to the, the, the incident with New Mexico. No kidding. Let's talk a little bit about what the whack is good is doing in response to it. In regard to the Wimmers, the question was whether or not they were going to just consider the remaining game scheduled for New Mexico State to be no contests, uh-huh. which would mean that those teams that were scheduled to play New Mexico State would no longer be able to earn points for the Wimmers. Yeah. Or if they were going to count those as forfeits on New Mexico State's behalf and then accredit those points to the teams that were scheduled for those games. And I don't know the pros and cons that the league weighed for this and the athletic directors did come to a conclusion that those, those contests would be considered forfeits instead of no contests. And so the teams that have remaining games scheduled with New Mexico state will be receiving points based on New Mexico state's net rankings, which are not going to fluctuate very much because the net rankings are not affected by forfeits. I, from what I'm Yeah, hearing. because it's an algorithm that's really bad and dumb. So you think no contest is better considering some teams didn't even get to play them than when they were scheduled for that? Yeah, because you're mixing, you're mixing what you're doing. You're you're taking, you're attributing points to forfeits and then you're saying the quality of those points is based on, right? Like what you're saying is you're weighting a forfeit. By by attributing points for these, you are weighting a forfeit. You're saying that this forfeit is worth greater or less amount of points because of this team's net ranking, which isn't going to change. No, 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 no. So, so that's how sense. The, that's how the points are weighted right now. That's how the points are attributed is based on teams net rankings. 
So like a win at Sam Houston State yeah. is worth more because right. they are higher in the net. Right. But what I'm saying is considering that, I think that forfeits should not be counted like that because it's really stupid, right? Uh, but what we're saying is you get a forfeit win over New Mexico States, it's actually worth more points than if you get a forfeit win over UT Arlington, which to, what I would say is like, it's a forfeit, right? Why is it not a constant point? Why are the points not constant? Is, so is, think, my, is my complaint. I think you should get less points for a New Mexico State win because it's a forfeit? Regardless of how many points you get, it should be a constant number of points across the board. But yeah, I, I do. I think you should get a lot less points. It's a, you're not playing a game. Keep but in I mind, guess, New Mexico State hasn't won a single road game in the conference. Yeah, it's I don't like, know. I don't know what you do. I guess like there's no way to do it really that I, I think is fair. Yeah, um, no, that, that's exactly the thing. And, and and the reason I say this is because back when the WAC was a real conference and was, you know, taking seating based off of conference standings instead of... As they should. Yeah, exactly. Lamar forfeited a game against Grand Canyon University. Mm-hmm. And that counts towards Grand Canyon standings as a win. So what's the difference if you're counting these points from New Mexico State as a forfeit, the only team that it really affects more than anybody else, I think is Abilene Christian who has them scheduled twice. No, you're absolutely right. And Abilene Christian just jumped Cal Baptist because of it. The points that their teams are getting are not weighted determined by home and away. Every team that was scheduled to play New Mexico state has been attributed 0.32. They've already attributed those points to those teams on the winners. Yes. So Abilene Christian has, 0.64 0.64 because they have back-to-back 0.32s received. GCU incidentally got 0.32 when they defeated New Mexico State in the last actual game they played. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to be where their net ranking landed at the end. So everyone after that gets 0.32. But their previous games, like when Cal Baptist beat them the first time, Cal Baptist got 0.53. Yeah, that's... This is what I mean. Is like it it It's like one of those things where because we don't know, it's like a positive and a negative. You have teams not playing them saying we would have the opportunity to actually get more points if we got the opportunity to beat them in the Pan Am versus a team like GCU saying all five of these other teams are getting the same points as we did and we had to actually win a game and they don't even have to play. Sure, right? sure. So that's why on both sides it's unfair, but I don't think there's a solution. I think it just sucks and is unfair and that's yeah. the way it goes. What are you going to do? Void all of their other games and just like erase them from existence? I, I don't know. Just what are you going to do? seed the conference by standings yeah i mean yes right like yes <laughs> i guess not i don't know man here's should. so what i'm hearing is that the only teams this really affects that much to where it's like an actual serious thing is cal baptist and abilene christian because abilene christian hopped over cal baptist in the in the wimmers yeah they're gonna end up pretty close i i i it'll depend on like where things end but yeah that could be a factor given that they got those those free points right now they're they're separated by a by a pretty narrow margin um yeah so we'll see the the Wimmers are coming together pretty like i don't know pretty well i think whatever all those teams are making the tournament no new mexico state anything can happen wag vegas is going to be nuts the lopes are currently sitting at the five seed on Wimmers. Now that we've kind of talked about that with the Aggies, we should probably look at the actual basketball games that are going to be played this week. So a couple things to keep an eye on. This is not a week that I think like really interests me. The team, I guess, to watch here is Seattle U. They have 
a tricky stretch here where on Wednesday they're playing Cal Baptist on the road in Riverside. And again, like Cal Baptist is a good enough team that I can certainly see them defending home court and winning that game. Who knows? Other than that, we have just a bunch of stomperoos like GCU hosting RGV, SFA hosting Tarleton, Sam Houston hosting Arlington, Southern Utah hosting Utah Tech, GCU hosting Abilene Christian. I, I just don't think any of these games are good. Arlington at SFA, Sam Houston at Tarleton might be interesting because Tarleton's kind of nasty at home. And then the last one is the other Seattle U game, Utah Valley at SU. Those are the two games that I think will be good, both of the Seattle games this week, just because they're playing on the road against a team that they're better than, so you never know how that's going to go. And then they're playing at home against the the one seed, Utah Valley. So, like, both of those are question marks. They can go 2-0. They can go 0-2. I think they'll go 1-1, but we'll see. But that's coming from the perspective of a split master fan. True, but I do think they'll, <laughs> they'll find a way to beat Cal Baptist and lose to Utah Valley. Sure, sure. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. It'll be interesting. But yeah, not a super exciting week of whack play. I am just like, just because it's so just awful, I, I am interested in seeing like what ultimately happens to the New Mex- Mexico State program. But yeah, that this is how their story ends, unfortunately, for the whack. And they will be off to the what the what conference, conference are they USA. To? The USA. Yeah, they're off to the CUSA. And I don't know, maybe they can redeem themselves, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for this week for us. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, wait, what, what was I going to say? There's no. Were you going to say looks up? No, 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 no. There was something I wanted to bring up. I can't remember. We have a minute time. I know. I know. Okay. It wasn't going to be something long. Um. I guess. All right. All right. Well, I guess that just about does it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. And again, if you want to get yourself a Gabe McLaughlin jersey, go ahead and pay 60 bucks. Get that kid some cash. Worth it. They're Sport awesome. his jersey at the games this week. Yeah, Got a, a Wednesday game and a set or no, a Wednesday game and a Friday game yep. this week at GCU Arena. So go support the boys and you'll be hearing from us next week. But until then, Lopes up. Dishes out the blaster for three. Good! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back out. Harrison quickly to McLaughlin. Drives baseline. Barry, no doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I love McLaughlin with a big right hand. Give a loads a three-point advantage. Chuck Taylor was the, or no, never mind. <laughs> the MVP is called the Chuck Taylor MVP. <laughs> Chuck Taylor. Like, really? Chuck wow. Chuck Taylor won the MVP for Pan American College Dude. in 1963. <laughs> That'd be a crazy stat, man.